This is Urasawa Boys, a podcast where you read and discuss the works of uh, manga artist and author Naoki Urasawa. Uh, right now, we're reading Monster, and Monster deals with a lot of dark and troubling topics and themes, so a list of content warnings is going to be available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, you know, uh, we haven't introduced ourselves yet. That's Samuel Quinn Morris. I'm Matt Fennell. I made a joke in one of the tweets at one point about how like, you know, after three episodes, you're a real podcast. We had our first guest on episode 10. We made it into double digits. But last week, we crossed a true milestone for any real podcast. We accidentally annihilated a whole episode whole episode almost a whole episode we were well, like an, about hour an hour plus yeah a good a good solid fucking hour uh and uh and what happened was that uh about 16 minutes in i think i pressed the space bar by accident and uh i must have had audacity selected and i didn't notice because i had it minimized and that's not a mistake I'm ever making again. I'll tell well, you that much. Well, hang on. You, you have to go into more detail. It was Audacity was not showing because yeah. Quinn is working on an ultra wide monitor that has been unfortunately right. completely well, like half of it has been obliterated. So the ultra wide yeah. has become a normal size monitor. So screen real estate got all moved around. Yeah, and exactly, Audacity exactly. wasn't showing the way. It was a whole. It was a confluence of events. Yeah. Um. All resulting in the fact that. We recorded about an hour of what was some pretty good pod. We talked about the DC universe and Marvel and and Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like we were getting real off topic, but it was there were some fun digressions that are lost like tears in the rain. And and so it's just it just seems like to me that this reading is kind of cursed because both Matt and I agree that this is the least interesting reading we've had thus far. And I think this is going to be the fourth time that we've tried the to record on this. fourth time. So yeah. there's, there's just something about the... Matt, Matt, this is episode 13. Oh, lucky number 13. This is episode 13, baby. So that's kind of exciting, that's why. actually. Okay. So that, that's that really... fun that 13 is our cursed episode. Yeah, that, that or one and only. is the whole thing. Now I'm, now I'm kind of... Now I think it's kind of fun. Now it's fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there you go, folks. Now, now you know. Like, there's always, there's always a silver lining, and in this case, it's the number thirteen. Um, what I've been up to? Been watching a lot of movies. Yeah. Just watched the first Mad Max. How uh, is that? Because that one's different from the rest. That's before it it's desert. Is, it's yes, just it's before Australia. the desert. It's it's well, it's kind of just Australia. It's it's a little bit, it's a little bit weird and a little bit funky. Um, and. I'm not sure how much I like it. I I, I would be interested if you if you saw it. Um, I think people don't really like that movie. Yeah. Is the general it's, consensus? It's not. It's not amazing. Like it's no. historically important because I think it was yeah. like the biggest film production in Australia up to that point or something. Oh really? Was it? I'm really pretty sure. That's or maybe it was the highest grossing film out of Australia <laughs> at that point. Oh, a highest grossing. Yeah, I remember reading about it, and basically it was it was something like. It had the highest profit margin of okay. any film until Blair Witch. Okay. So yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, so I've been watching a lot of movies, watched RoboCop, watched Terminator. Um, liked RoboCop a lot more than Terminator. Re? Oh, okay. Term- yeah, that Terminator. makes sense. You don't like Terminator? <laughs> I didn't think it was that interesting. Have you seen Terminator 2 before? No, I, I do need to get to Terminator Dude, 2. Dude, Terminator 2 yeah. is so fucking good. Especially, like, if you don't know the conceit of Terminator 2, which I'm sure you do just through cultural I osmosis. I don't, I barely, it's like, it's, it's, it's like there's always a bigger fish, right? You know, and I then, mean, like, that's like how sequels work, but, like, the big yeah. bit in Terminator, like, the beginning, the opening of well, Terminator leave, leave, 2. Leave, leave, me, yeah. leave me to it. Leave me to it. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll discover. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Um, Some movies for we, Quinn. Before we get into it, uh, we do have a couple of announcements to make regarding the Patreon. Yes. Um, which is that, so we've been talking about how we're going to do the anime on the Patreon. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. It was, a, we, it was a lofty goal, but We no. wanted to do it, but, like, there's, like... <laughs> In what world were we going to be able to watch a 74 episode anime like that by all accounts exact, is a straight adaptation. It's a straight adaptation like there's interesting stuff in the adapting of it. But that's not enough to warrant an entire other podcast about you it. You know, so so we wanted to be interested in doing it, but it, we weren't. So instead what we're going to do is we're going to do the ranged touch style of bonus content wherein we are going to watch movies and stuff that have to do with, like, inspiring monster. Here's the stuff that monster is kind of constructed out of, you know, uh, and so that's going to mean watching The Fugitive. Which I am so excited. I picked up a copy of The Fugitive at the used bookstore today, the Blu-ray. Yes. I'm going to be doing the Cameron oh, Kunzelman, watching the movie and the commentaries. I do not have a yeah. very brave wife to sit with me and watch the movies with me, Matt, but I will make do. of course you have a brave wife. You have me because I'm going to be visiting you soon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we, so can, we can watch it that. together. We can do that together. Oh, that's um, going to rule. Okay, so we're going to watch The yeah. Fugitive when you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Very excited. Very excited for that. Um, And, of course, we are going to get some Maintaining Balance. Matt, I know you want to have, like, good notes for Maintaining Balance, but I just feel like you and me, like, we like talking. And so, like, why why are you worried about notes? Let's just Well, is this where I spring it on you? Balance. That it's, well, that no, I'm going to do it today? We need to. Because that was the that was the other thing we came up episode. with during the last episode. Was just like was, I'm just going to spring like them on Quinn at some it's point. Time for, it's time for yeah, it's balance. time for it. We can't do it in the middle. We of We can't episode. do it right now. I'll do I'll um, do it. I mean, but the notes are done, and I am wearing my oh, the Beef of Chicago Land shirt. Very today. exciting. Okay, so. yeah, I'm really excited to do more maintaining balance because uh, it's just a good excuse to hang out with Matt. Really, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was announcement so, number one. Announcement number yeah. two was our next season. I'm sure, you know, yes. if our listeners are tuned into the Urasawa news, uh, Netflix dropped a trailer for their upcoming, uh, their their immediately upcoming Pluto anime adaptation, uh, which is set to drop in October, I think the October 29th. 29th. Yes. Sir. Yeah, yes, I think sir. that's the date. So our plan is um, just through like timing and everything, Monster will wrap up, I think the second week of October um after we're gonna do a wrap-up episode at the end of the at the end of the readings we're gonna take a week break between and then we're gonna pick up um the anime will have come out i don't know if netflix is dropping it all at once or if they're doing their you know their whatever but um so we'll be starting our second season which will be on pluto right as the anime is starting um yeah which is pretty exciting it's exciting and and we'll be able to you know uh talk about the anime along with the manga which like it's going to be a bit more doable. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And I think just yeah. because uh, for for a lot of reasons, but uh I watched the trailer. I'm I'm very excited to read that series. Very I'm very excited, excited to I'll, I'll watch also that say, show. Not to spoil too much, but when I'm watching those trailers, I'm over here and I'm like, 
There's a lot of stuff I'm seeing in these trailers that I don't recognize. Okay, that's a good I sign feel to like me. It could be a good sign or it could be a bad sign. And I'm really, I it makes me very curious. Like I haven't read Pluto in a little while, so okay. I could just be, I could just be off myself. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's some stuff in there that I don't recognize. But the stuff that I do recognize, I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, so very, very excited. All right. Do we anyway. want to get into it? Oh, uh, just real quick, just re- regarding the Patreon stuff. Um, <clears throat> everybody, thank you, like, you know, so much for supporting us. And mm-hmm. we are we are marshalling, we are marshalling our forces. And we're going to have some great bonus content for you coming up. Yeah, thank you so much for sticking with yeah. us. We really, really, really appreciate it. All right. Chapter, well, overall thoughts on the reading, which we've already talked about a little bit. So the we're first not going to beat a dead horse. This, um, yeah, but this know. reading is not not my favorite. I think yeah. there's some good stuff in here, but I think ultimately it spins its wheels a little bit too much. Um, and it really feels like after the high that we ended on with the last uh, reading, this one, it just feels like really we slash that tire and all of the air immediately went out of it yeah yeah like we had a lot of momentum coming into this reading and it just feels like it really didn't do anything with it yeah um which kind of leads you to wonder like like was that momentum like on accident mm-hmm. somehow like was it's you know we we talk a bit about urasawa being the kind of guy who knows what episodicity means and how to work with it and what to do with the cliffhanger but uh he didn't hear this just feels like a really strong misstep pacing-wise, which is weird because that's one of his most pronounced strengths. Right, and like every other time, I mean, the thing that I have said <clears throat> over and over and over again as we read this story is I have no clue how you continue to go for, you know, X number of volumes. And this, you know, every time we go in a direction that is completely brand new and I think could feel kind of out of place, you know, like mm. when we introduced the stuff in Munich. Right. Or just all those new characters. I feel like that had the potential to go bad, but I don't know. I think we just we spent the time working through that and there were a lot of interesting threads there. Here stuff feels simultaneously overstuffed and rushed, I think was was kind of like if I were to if I were to kind of try to come up with a complaint. So it feels like like we've made a pit stop we didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the, the best way of putting it. You know, and I partially, to me, it might also be that, like, it's a return to, to Dusseldorf. We're back in Dusseldorf. Yeah. And I don't know if this was a story that wanted to return somewhere, you know, or if it did, it would be later. It kind of feels like if we were At going to end, return to Dusseldorf, yeah. it, it would have either been, like, before this point or after this point. This just feels like an awkward spot for it. And it also feels like, there's not really a strong reason for it to be taking place in in Dusseldorf or, or even like, I, I don't know, we were talking about how it's like, it's interesting and unusual for him to actually have gotten caught, but here we are and he's gotten caught. What are we really getting out of this? Like there's some character growth, there's some like character change that happens that is interesting. You know, there are like results that come from this direction that Urasawa is taking it in but the question is like are these really productive for the story and for Tenma or you know or is I don't know I feel like a lot of stuff that happens in this reading could happen in in a half the time by cutting half of it right yeah. like yeah it, it's the individual pieces, there's not a lot wrong with them, but the way that they're arranged makes them kind of a chore to get through. 
Yeah, I and from my side, like I said, overstuffed. I think this one makes a mistake of it tries to introduce two kind of like new characters, and I think yeah. one of them is is pretty good, and the other one I don't really like at all. Um, but I, it's maybe it feels like we're we've spread a little bit too thin. Um, and in addition to all of the stuff that I don't you know. said, it's like it's it's you know it's it's like it's too thick and too thin at the same time. It's like yeah. we're it's like we're eating a bunch of a bunch of junk food over. These are these are empty calories. Mm. That's you know, a good. That's like, a good way of putting it. Yeah, because you know, it, like it is the shape of all of the stuff that we have liked, right? Yes, it looks. It it should by all rights, everything that's happening here should be the same stuff that we love about Monster leading up to it. So like, but it's what empty about, calories. What about yeah. this reading? Like, isn't hitting? And it might just be that maybe we're fucking full at this point. You know, honestly, that's a cap. good point. Yeah, we're um, we've been going for six full volumes at this point. I, I, yeah. you might be right there. Right, it's like we've started to run the course. This well, this play you know, doesn't I, work anymore. I, I say that though, but then I think about how much I love Billy Bat, and I think about Twenty Century Boys, and Urasawa's thing is just throwing more and more characters at you. So like, it's hard for I, I, I don't really know if it's fair to say that this is a. Um, that that we've hit some kind of character cap that we won't like having more characters. I think there's even more characters that show up later in the series that I like more than these. It's there's just something about the place and timing and execution of all of this that that makes this weaker overall. And I yeah. I'm looking forward to digging more into. Yeah. That. So let's talk about this reading, and then we'll put a pin in it and see maybe yeah. either in our wrap up or as we continue to go through other stories, yeah. like if we can figure out what we don't like about this in particular. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so with that, chapter 105, Love Letter from a Monster. Jan wakes up in the hospital to the news that Tenma's been arrested. Um, that's the word. Uh, he was arrested. Um, and then he tries to leave and a couple cops find him and they're like, Hey, buddy, don't worry. We know you didn't do all those murders. It was Grimmer. And Jan's like, oh, man. Uh, and then he remembers he remembers uh, Lunga's advice and begins to think about uh, the beautiful blonde girl that he uh, was flirting with. Um, actually, I swapped those orders around, but whatever. It's not super important. In the meantime, Lunga goes to the Red Rose Mansion, checks out... Uh, the room, the spooky room with the big portrait, looks behind the portrait uh, and finds a note. Uh, the chief of police calls him and says, hey, bro, we got Tenma. Good job. You want to you want to come on back, interrogate this dude? And Lucas says, no, I'm on vacation. Uh, Reichwein and Ava are at the police station. They want to see Tenma. They can't see Tenma. You know who can't see Tenma? Lunga. Who I, who I guess? Uh, well, well, this is the police station in Prague. So Lunga dropped by and gives Tenma a little bit of advice on how to make life a bit harder for the cops that are about to interrogate him. Uh, and he reads the letter he found from behind the portrait. It's kind of spooky. Um, and he says that a lot of people died in that room. And a terrible monster was born. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um. I to me, I think the highlights of this one are the Ten Malunga moment in the hallway. 
um yeah. is like is the main one because it's it's and like the stuff with Linga that leads up to this right where it's like you know he has it seems like on one hand it's like he's completely over tenma as a as a suspect but then on the other hand it's like okay he is still working on the original case he has just you know it's not that he has dropped the the johan murders it's yeah. he has new facts and now tenma is not as important to him and so he's zeroing in on what is important um so it's it's been you know I've said it every time since we've talked about the mid season finale it's been really interesting to see Lunga transition from antagonist to more I think you said like parallel protagonist yeah. in the last episode and I really liked that mm-hmm. um and just yeah, to get into the bottom fun. of it yeah and and hanging out with the the whole sequence where he's like walking through the the mansion and it's quiet you know like that's cool I, I i like having that sense of space mm-hmm. um it's it's a fun sequence uh the stuff with yawn at the beginning uh i think is a little you know it's kind of like like well i guess i better wrap up this plot thread you know it's uh it, it doesn't strike me as being super interesting the bit where he begins to suspect um you know uh Johannes anna there's something there like that was one good page i would say but that's yeah. not really like it, it seems like a long walk for a for a uh, small drink yeah for sure um I, I, I phrased it that way but no that's i think that's a yeah. that's a good way to phrase it but you're definitely right it's like we're loading the gun of jan is going to show up in our moment of need to you know crack the case on this yeah. is, is hey. what it feels like yeah, and I, I, I just feel like it, it could have been... Maybe not necessary, you know, we yeah. could have done this when it a, happens. A different but... time, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and we don't see Yawn again for the rest of this reading, which also kind of makes me go, right. like, why is he, why is he here right now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, generally in a reading, you know, you have... A reading is pretty well organized. You know, you want to include... You want to only include things that are going to be important, Right. Because because Urasawa knows that each chapter is an episode, and he also knows that each volume is an episode. He's very good at thinking in volumes, and so it's weird to see Yon here when he doesn't play a role for the rest of this volume, because that's it's a violation of Chekhov's gun. You know, it's a violation of know your tools, and make sure that you will only have the tools you need. Uh, yeah see this is a really interesting thing for you to bring up i mean last time you know we talked about we we got real excited about the idea of like stories as an atomic unit or something yeah right and i was just listening to that yesterday and how how much we we got got, oh man it was so much fun but like you know we really talked we dug into serialization and then a story as a whole but we never really talked i mean we talked about how do chapters function we talked about how does this fit in the story as a whole but we really haven't talked about like volume breaks and stuff like that and i think that that isn't i'm really curious like I mean, you say Urasawa was very intentional in, or maybe not intent. Maybe intentional is not the right word, but like thinking about right um, how to break up into volumes. And it's well, I mean, well, think about it, right? Think about think about how manga is is sold. Manga is sold. In it's in magazines, right? Chapters. First, well, well, well how does so, it? Yes. So, so here's the thing. So, manga has two uh, periods of, of of publication. First is the chapter by chapter publication in a magazine, and that can be either weekly, monthly, or bi-weekly. Um, and so that's the first thing. And then after that, then the Tonko Bonds are released, and those are eight chapter collections, usually. I guess they're nine sometimes. Um, and then maybe later, if it's very popular, then you get these combined editions, right? So the thing is, is that the vast majority of series are going to be collected in eight or nine volume editions, and that is how the vast majority of their lifetime sales are going to occur. 
Okay. Right. So somebody who is aware of that, like, like this isn't something that Urasawa was uniquely aware of. I would say that anybody working in manga with the intention of uh, selling these things in Tonko Bonds understands the importance of working with that medium and making a Tonko Bond exciting and especially using the end of that Tonko Bond to make people excited to buy the next one or at the very least excited to read the next one. Like there's, you know, manga... We forget a lot about the fact that manga is a business and that individual mangaka have much less job security than Western comics creators. You know, because mm. because Western comics creators, they work for a company. They are assigned to different jobs within that company, right? You have more job security because you are, uh, you are a, a personnel member that can be shuffled around, mm. you know. But when you get to a mangaka, especially if you're the one that's headlining that thing... You can't just, like, go back to being somebody else's assistant. Like, this is your career. They are just giving you a platform. So it's up to you if you succeed or fail. And that means that they're very aware of the business side. Because it always comes down to business. Uh, both with comics and with manga, but the, the weight of business falls on different shoulders between the two industries. Because they're, they're similar in some ways, but very, very different in, in a lot of, like, the money side of things. Very, very different. And yeah. so, like, when it comes to, to publishing manga in the volumes, knowing, you know, like, like really putting emphasis on that end-of-volume cliffhanger, I think that's something that everyone knows. Sure. And I guess as we talk about it, it is not as unique, I guess, as I, as I first thought. Because, like, when I think about Western comics, Cape comics are usually a lot of four- and five-issue arcs um, in mm -hmm. my in experience. And yes. then, you know, when you've got collected editions, you'll get two arcs, you know, in a, in a collected most of the time, yeah, just as like a that. very rough rule. Yeah. You can get um, longer stuff. You can, you yeah. can obviously get your shorter, more single issue plot lines, which are often some of my favorites. Right. Yeah. Like I, yeah. two parters, I think is like my favorite, especially yeah. for like Batman. It's like, it's if also, we, if that's also a two true. Like the interesting thing about that. And I wonder if we can see some of this, like if we look back at manga too, but the procedure you know the 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 common practice the best practices for how long an arc should be in western comics has changed over the decades hmm. right because in the, in the 70s those were all one parters two parters maybe the odd three if you're going really crazy but then as you start to get closer and closer to the present day um plot lines start to get longer and longer and beefier and beefier and now they're including this other comic too and now they're doing this like in the in the fandom you know in the community uh we call this process the serialize serialization of comics the way that we moved away from single issue poppers uh to larger storylines um and some people really like it and some people really don't i think there's a lot to love about both of those things but it, it makes me curious now that we're on the subject like well, did manga go through the same thing? Have have mangaka always been thinking about the volumes, or were things more one shotty back in the day? Like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not versed enough with uh, with manga from like the the 80s or even the 90s to really to really say if they were uh, different structurally uh, too much. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's an but interesting, interesting thing stuff to, to about. talk about. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So um, okay, we said we like Lunga wandering around the mansion. We talked about Yan. Yeah um uh, I, go on 
I've been oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, Lungo kind of like very subtly telling Tenma that basically what he needs to do is when he gets to the police station, just shut the fuck up. Um, it's it's good. And like the recognition that Tenma has on his face that like, oh, Lunga is not the one who did this to me. Like he is on my side now. I think that's yeah. like that's a that's a very good moment. Totally. Um, when Jan's uh, when, when the cops tell Jan that uh, <clears throat> all the other investigations that he was being considered for have been closed because mm. of uh, Grimmer's letter. To me, this like echoes a lot the uh, the thing that uh, we've heard a couple of times regarding like Johan stuff, which is it's all resolved. Like there's nothing to worry about anymore. This this uh, this kind of way that apparently people from Kinderheim have of making a problem go away or ruining a life for mm. another life uh, to, to benefit, right? Johan did it. Johan ruins other lives to benefit himself. Uh, but here, Grimmer ruined his own life uh, to benefit, uh, to benefit Johan. Yeah. You know, he made, he made all of these problems go away the same way Johan can, but by taking them on. Uh, and I on think it's interesting, shoulders. like, if we, especially if we think about, like, you know, what Lunga said when he went to Johan's apartment, right? Like, no trace of a human being, right? There was just, there is absolutely no speck of evidence that is left in this whole thing. So it's just, like, the existence of the person itself. It just becomes, mm -hmm. like, the, I guess, like, the magnet for whatever all of the stuff that is happening. I don't know. It's stuff to yeah. continue to think about um, in, like, how there is a void at the center of these Kinderheim people maybe yeah definitely yeah um, for sure um what do you think okay, about this I fairy tale this the fairy tale this the spooky letter uh well all of the sads at the end are kind of laying it on a bit thick yeah i i think at the same time it's a move that's like well i know this should be spooky but it comes across as a little corny um it definitely does. Um, so for the readers, gotta, basically what happens is there's yeah. panels where we've got speech bubbles that say sad, just kind of like shotgun sprayed across the, the page. Yeah. Um, as, if, as if someone was just like scrawling the word over and over and over again in a, in a letter. Very, very 90s yeah. kind of spooky, right? The 90s loved it oh, when yeah. like people were just like repeating, oh, well, I guess like thing. even in The Shining, we we like yeah. that, you know, yeah. all Shining, work and no yeah. play makes Jack a doll no boy. Play. Yeah, Man. repetition is spooky. It's just repetition. <laughs> repetition can be spooky. It's just like here, like I I just don't know if it really jives with the with the other stuff because like it's this kind of nice flowery letter, and then at mm -hmm. the end, it's it's all these sads, and I'm like I I kind of get it, but it's just like. And I love, to be fair, I love the visual texturing. Yeah. Like you said, the shotgun spray of, of all those uh, bubbles over other things. Like, visually, it's a really cool effect. And I don't know what you could have done with it except repeat sad. So it might be an interplay of, like, just like, ah, this might be a little corny, but look at how it looks. And I can't argue. I can't argue with that. Uh, but um, I, I think the the poem is, is kind of cool. Uh, there was There was something we mentioned the first time we did this about this poem that is super that well we talked about you know they say that it's this poem is weird it's kind of like a prefiguring of the mm. monster story right there's a lot of things that we see okay. show up in the nameless monster right like eating each other stealing names but i think the mm -hmm. big thing here is that he says stealing names is the worst sin yeah the worst so sin he of gives all her is name back someone's name yeah and he gives her back a name uh, I, so yeah, I think that's really that's the key. The worst sin of all is to steal someone's name, and and uh, we talked about a bit like how this 
really keys into um, some of the other themes and stuff that we've been seeing, especially in the last reading. You know, uh, the importance of names and the fact that, like, kids at Kinnerheim uh, would lose their names. And mm -hmm. names are, are such a big thing. You know, someone's someone's name is this, you know, obvious stand-in for their identity. Their identity not only is understood by themselves, but is understood by others. It's a, it's a, a byword for their existence, proof of their existence, is that right. they have a name that other people know to call them by, you know. Um... And uh, so the worst thing of all is to steal someone's name because that's not just killing them. They don't exist anymore once they, you know, once they have no name. Uh, and uh, that's going to be, I think, I think that's going to get us a pretty long way. Yeah, it seems like in it. The, in this manga. Um, let's bounce to chapter 106. Okay. Uh, chapter 106, The Escapee. We open with a monologue from Gunter Milch, a man who exists in a never-ending cycle of botched armored car robberies and extremely successful prison escapes. Currently, he's back in prison, and so is Dr. Tenma. When they pass in a hallway, Milch comments that Tenma seems to have not a spark of hope. Tenma is questioned by the police, but remains silent, revealing nothing. Milch pretends to be violently ill, part of his M.O., and asks for a doctor, but the prison doctor is indisposed so the guards get Tenma. Tenma immediately sees through Milch's ruse and comes up with an excuse to send the guards away. Milch shares his backstory with Tenma. His parents were laborers who kept him in a locker during the day and promised that they'd leave for Tunisia someday, and eventually left without him. He talks to Tenma about hope and escaping over and over again, only ever thinking about when he'll get out, never the if. Tenma is questioned again and finally speaks, telling the investigators that they wouldn't believe the truth and valuable time is being wasted while he's in here but he is going to speak the truth anyways. How do we feel about Gunter? I like the introduction of Gunter a lot. We kind of run through, we, well, we open in color pages. This is, yes. I, you know, we've always noted when the color pages come up, they're used here with Gunter's introduction. Yeah, uh, we've got the bright. Effect, really, it's so saturated. It's yeah. honestly really nice to look at. Like it totally sells it. Oh, yeah. We've got the bright blue skies and the oceans and, and kind of uh, white, I guess it's not marble, but, you know, whatever, like those white stone buildings in, in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's real striking. Um, and it's, it's, we open with him, kind of that refrain that his parents always used to say, you know, someday we're going to go to Tunisia, we're going to escape. Mm -hmm. And then we go through Gunter's rap sheet, which is just kind of all of these, we get little snapshots of all of the different escapes that he's pulled. Um, which is something that I really like, and I know we're going to keep referring to the original recording because it exists. It's yeah. there it's so, uh, in it's our really, minds. It, it's it really odd heavy. to be yeah. like having the same conversation again. again although yeah. we are saying a lot of different stuff this time. Yeah, for sure. That is better, frankly. Oh, I think uh, so I think, too. I think we're actually. This is a like, better I'm episode. I'm glad we got another than the go. Last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Already. we're saying some some fun stuff. Um, yeah. but I I think. We kind of differed on this is something that I really liked because it feels of the genre that we are, mm. that, you know, like uh, prison break story, right? Prison where like story. we're introduced to someone through their rap sheet, right? Or, you know, yeah. like something like, I don't know, like there's not like I, leverage, I right? Leverage or well, actually, I have not seen leverage, so I can't, I can't. Speak That's to insane it. to me because leverage seems incredibly mat core. Leverage is, is on one of the fucking... premium cable channels that I did not have. Oh, I don't remember man. which one. It just it just strikes me as like this, you know, like fucking like 
campy crime bullshit. See, I do like that. You know, that is a thing that I enjoy. Um, like, it's such a chili cheese dog television show okay. to me. Ooh, that sounds great. Maybe right? I, I will check Leverage out, but... I think you should check Leverage out. I see no reason why you yeah. particularly wouldn't really no, like I'll, it. No, I'll probably like it. But yeah. <laughs> it is... I think this is a staple of the genre, right? It's like a quick way to introduce characters mm -hmm. in prison. It's like, what is their rap sheet, right? And it's like, we... It's immediately becomes clear, like, okay, these next chapters, it's prison break. That's what we're doing, yeah. right? And we're giving totally. Tenma the in into that type of story through this character. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, what were your thoughts on it? So, so my thoughts on it were one that I, I do think I would have preferred to hear what he did from him, from his own mouth, like, okay. like in the thing, because what we have here is something kind of unusual where we're told about this guy from an omniscient narrator, right? Right. Like it's no one in particular. And in this manga and with Urasawa's work in general, it's not like he never does this, but he's a little more used to giving us exposition through a character. And we get exposition from him later this chapter. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I just feel like we could have done all this kind of in one go. Uh, and and I don't know if it's worth the weird structuring for it. Um, it's also a lot of prison breaks. I would have been sold like on four, you know, but... Let but me count how many it is. Just, like, for, it's more just than for a fact, yeah. let's count how many it is. Um, we've got... <laughs> One, two, uh, hang on. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. I think five. So one over five. the number that you would have been okay with. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, one makes all the difference. It really does. Um, <laughs> uh, but one thing that we were saying last time is that it is fun that like both of the characters introduced in this reading once again maintain urasawa's or at least monsters Cold habit open. of bringing not yeah not only is it an urasawa open but it is one that brings someone in from a different genre uh mm -hmm. but this is also kind of unusual and come to think of it maybe maybe this is actually part of what makes this reading a little bit weird is that normally people come from a different genre and then are dragged into monster this reading is more like Tenma's being pulled into the prison break. Mm -hmm. And okay. I think it's I, I think that might have something to do with it is because we are seeing Tenma doing doing stuff and engaging in tropes that it kind of feels like he's not really supposed to be. Or like, why is Tenma doing this instead of Tenma things? You know? Right. Um, I think that's fair because like if we think yeah. about it, if we go back to Heckle, right, like Otto, his introduction, right, the end of that chapter where he's introduced is Tenma and Heckle looking at the graffiti that Johan has left behind, right? Like Heckle is immediately dragged into this horrible yeah. monster stuff and then he's there I mean, any, through the any, Turkish any, quarter. Anyone, yeah. you know, even Everyone. even Tenma at the beginning. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing is, okay, you know, I'm, Mana, I'm so glad we had we to re-record this. Again. this. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit um lucky 13 i guess i guess it just didn't want us to do it until we were ready right um, that's fair uh but i think what makes this reading so weird is that it is a decentering of what monster's actually about it's ta it's putting us into it's putting our main character and our viewpoint character into a different genre, dragging us along with it, and now we're doing this story. That's not the story that we've been doing. Like, because we 
Because we've been saying, it's other stuff being dragged into Monster over and over again, and that every time someone is dragged into it, we are reminded how intense and dark and awful this is. But in this case, we are actually, we're being separated from it. Yeah, Johan's no not the here momentum. at all in this yeah, chapter. Yeah, we don't see him in this not reading. even in this reading. He's not here at, at all, I don't and think. And I think that's unique, honestly. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet that this is the only reading where we don't have Johan show up direct, directly or indirectly at all. Yeah. Especially after the, especially once we hit the second half, you know, yes. and, and so I think that fact that we are being, we are being removed from the stakes. We're off balance. We're, we're off balance. It, well, yeah, it's, it's the, the stuff that the manga cares about is all of a sudden different instead of, oh, is Tenma going to track down Johan? It's, is he going to get out of jail? Like, it just feels like... And that's just big, not as interesting. That's yeah, an obstacle, right? It's, that's it's, not, we're not making what progress. What a perfect yeah. way to put it. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And <laughs> a game that Quinn famously hates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? We can use this exact, this exact thing. You're there and then you get surrounded by a bunch of cops. And then DM says, all right, roll to see if you can get away. And then you fail the roll. Well, what happens then? Then you go to jail. And then because your DM wrote out the whole campaign and didn't plan for you to go to jail, then your only goal is to try and get out of jail so you can get back to the actual story, mm-hmm. the actual critical path. And, and it's a waste in jail. of You're just in a tunnel time. with a bunch of dudes that you have to clobber between you and the exit. Egg. Exactly. And okay. that just feels like what's happening to Tenma here is is that he's just been waylaid by this failed role, and it's keeping him from doing the stuff that we are actually reading the manga to see him do. Uh, Look at and, that. We yeah. have a take. Wow, man, do we ever. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think the frustrating thing is that just like if, like it wouldn't have taken much mm-hmm. to m- integrate this section with the other stuff that's going on, right? What if Gunter had had contact with Johan in some way? Yeah. Huh? You know, what if there was somebody, what if maybe there was somebody else in the prison who was one of Johan's pawns? And then it was like, can we get out of here before, before this, this guy gets us? This yeah. guy gets no, tenor, you know, right. like there mm-hmm. were, there were a lot of ways that we could have done it. And we could have even spent more time here as long as it actually mattered. Connected. Yeah. But, but it doesn't matter. It's not integrated. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's that's what makes it weak. Uh, yeah. Moving along with this actual chapter, now that we have officially diagnosed the structural we problems. We got the problem. We found it. Man, I feel real. I feel like a real smart boy I'm right excited. now. I don't yeah, know no, about that you. Was, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Woohoo! Uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like Gunter's introduction. Um, I think he he quickly becomes kind of grating. Um, for a couple reasons, and we spent some time in the original reading talking about like, okay, this is a character who's in a state of arrested development, right? Like he is constantly repeating his childhood trauma. He yeah. was someone who, when he was a kid, his parents put him in a locker while he was in work or while they were at work and they abandoned him. It took, he was found like three days later on the verge of death, just a very sickly child. And since then he has learned to kind of, he just keeps doing those same two things. He gets himself locked up. He pretends to be sick. He escapes um and he just kind of is always repeating the same thing saying the same stuff so he quickly becomes kind of uninteresting um but he he the thing that he does do is he has his later what's that he has an interesting moment a tiny bit later yeah yeah yeah. i mean in his the the thing that he does for tenma here right where their conversation about hope 
right? Yes. And how for Gunter, it's, okay, I'm always going to break out of prison. Like, that's a given. It's just kind of how and when am I going to do it? Not if, yeah. you know, and I, so I am hopeful that it's going to happen. I mean, I would even say it goes beyond hope. It's almost certainty, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, um, and, he, and he basically, and he's like to Tenma, like, I have hope, not like you. Right. You know, and, and so it causes Tenma to kind of, of reconsider. Um, yeah. And I, it, it's good. So he plays, you know, he is moving Tenma forward um, in kind of a weird oblique way. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's another I, example of like, like you can see, you can see what Urasawa wanted this character to do for Tenma, and he does do it. It's mm-hmm. it's just like not as clean as it could as it could have been, um, and and the stakes aren't as high as they could have been. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a whole awful lot else to talk about for this chapter. Um, timing wise, just a quick note: we are currently in 1997, and okay. if you'll recall. Uh, the the whole thing with Johan shooting um oh I've forgotten his name Jungers. this time uh yes thank you uh the whole thing with Johan shooting that like the whole thing that started this deal uh that would happen in ninety five so you know it's just this interesting thing of like time moving uh moving forward uh kind of as it pleases in Monster uh and like we only kind of find out about it in like throwaway throwaway speech bubbles or something like that. You know, it's not something that is taking center stage, but it's something that you can keep an eye on if that's interesting to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to uh, move on to 107? Yes. Okay. 107. The lawyer. The lawyer. There is, believe it or not, a lawyer. Uh, His dad was accused of being a spy and spent his whole life in prison. And so this guy became a lawyer specializing in defending the innocent. And he has exonerated all his clients, every single one of them. Uh, and he is speaking with uh, someone in his office about representing Dr. Tenma. And... Then he goes to visit Dr. Tenma and asks him a a few uh, good questions about, you know, about the situation and and about how everything got started. And uh, Tenma really says a lot about his motivations in the story, and we get a really good, like, clarifying look into the character. Like, all of this stuff was, like, present subtextually, but now it's text. Um, And... Then he, uh, then, then the lawyer agrees to take Tenma's case. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. Um, I spent a long time in the last episode talking about how I don't like this character. And I think just because some time has passed since the last time that I did a reading, I maybe have softened on it a little bit, but I seem to remember my main complaint was like, one, this guy is, he feels almost even too tropey right like a lawyer with a perfect record right um but then the other thing was i was very unsettled by um one of the details is you know his father who was accused of being a spy ran a radio station and he would his sign-off song was always somewhere over the rainbow um and he tells this to the lawyer who the lawyer who comes in asking him to represent tenma um 
and plays the track, whatever. But then when his wife comes in later and plays the track, he seems to be really upset by it in kind of a way that's a little bit unsettling. Like we get kind of the shadow over his eyes and stuff and his reaction just seems a little out of whack. Um, so it's it's interesting. And I, I Quinn, I'm going to steal what your remark from, from this discussion was. You Please. said, it's interesting that we're seeing a character who is like doing objectively the most, w- one of the characters who has objectively done the most good in this story, right? Like someone who is fighting for the rights of the innocent who have been accused. Um, but we are really unsure. There's like some weird darkness at the center of them. That's just kind of off-putting. So I I don't know if it's that I dislike this character or if the story is working and I'm supposed to be suspicious of this character. I think it's probably the latter. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. Like this, it's super intentional. Urasawa doesn't, you know, like even when he missteps, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fuck up a, a character that strongly. Whatever we're seeing in him, we're supposed to be seeing whether that you know whether that is going to be effective or not in the long run we'll just we'll just have to find out. we'll see um you know but it is interesting you know he's a good person or he's doing good but we don't know what kind of a person he is which now that we think about it now that i hear that again it actually reminds me of johan as we saw him you know doing all of that all that charity work for kids you know but oh mm-hmm. oh fuck here he is you know telling him to walk off buildings um you know um but yeah, it's just interesting the way that the the series, you know, talks about like what you do versus who you are. There's a lot of people that have that have done terrible things that have taken lives, many lives, but we're meant to understand them as being, you know, either reformed or that, you know, nothing nothing really condemns you forever. Look at Rosso. You know, like that guy was a hitman for a long time, but but he's clearly a sympathetic character, or at least a complicated one, you know, and that, and so we, it's, it's just one of those things that Monster's doing, like, we're in the first half, we were taking on that little, like, little stop whistle tour of different kinds of murder, well, now it feels like we're expanding on that, and now we're like, what things can a person do that are good or bad, and what does that actually have to say about whether they're a good or a bad person Yeah, I was gonna say, the, like, the tie is there the directly. Connection? Yeah, because yeah. the conversation that Tenma and uh, this lawyer's name is, is it's Fritz. What's his last name? Is it Wasserman? New, or uh, New, I want to say Neumann? Newberg, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, Let's see real quick. Uh, uh, Verdeman. Verdeman. Fritz Verdeman. Okay, Fucking, so like the conversation the that they Newberg? have. Where did I get Newberg? I don't know. Um, you know, Tenma, they, they go back through the story of, oh, and this, this is the interesting thing as well, right? It's like Tenma does the thing that he always does where he tells the story of Johan and Fritz is the first person who says, no, that's not where it started. Where did it start? And Mm -hmm. Tenma goes back to the Turkish woman, right? And, you know, some lives are worth more than others and how much that has informed everything that he has done since then. Right. And then Tenma makes the statement, you know, as a doctor, I don't know if a patient is good or bad. I still haven't figured it out. And then Fritz yeah. says, you know, it's it's the same for lawyers. So to me, what this seems to suggest is, you know, even beyond, you know, doctors and lawyers, are you representing good and bad people? It's like in our day to day, right? Like mm-hmm. just as a person in the world, <laughs> yeah. we don't know if the people that we interact with are good or bad people, right? And like, how does that, how does that uncertainty affect how we connect with other people and like what we do and how we exist in a world where you where know really, it's there's good and bad know. and everything in between yeah. right you know yeah yeah you know it's 
you know, and, and of course, like we see these people and, you know, Tenma and, uh, and Verneman kind of have something in, in common where they're struggling with the fact that they can't know if the people they represent are good or bad. And they struggle with wondering whether that makes them good or good bad. or bad. Yeah. You know, hmm. and I, I definitely think that that's something that happens a lot in real life. You know, that question of who do I associate with? What, what do they say about me? You know, and it's, it's just an interesting, you know, this, this, this talking of like trying to judge people, trying to understand what someone, you know, what someone really is. Uh, and I don't think Monster has formed us a conclusion yet. Um, it's a little bit premature for that, but we can definitely see that this is what Monster is thinking about. And talking yeah, we're just about swirling around the horrifying ideal of being known, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and and the fact that we can never truly be known and we can never truly know another person. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with the fact that it is completely impossible to really know? another person what you know are you brave enough to befriend someone or put your faith in someone when there's no way to be sure you know and and monster at least right now is saying yes of course and it's probably what you should be doing yeah you know no i think it's definitely on the side of it's it's not taking the and when i say conservative i'm not saying big c conservative i'm saying little yeah. c conservative it's not taking the conservative approach of well you can't know if a person's good or bad so you shouldn't associate it's saying you need to take that risk regardless it's like you need to do the right thing even if you yeah. don't know you know what kind of person this is yes absolutely like doing the right thing cannot be subject to oh and that's kind of that's the ultimate yeah. question right right it's like how yeah. does tenma what does he do because you know like i said i've gone back and forth on like i've gone from absolutely he should kill this terrible child to like well no killing this child is not the way forward but i don't i don't know what is so i'm i'm very yeah. excited to keep reading um totally it's it's cool um do you have other there, notes on this chapter hi god not particularly no okay it just just that you know like this this is a really good chapter for talking about the core of the story, what really matters. There's a nice little moment where uh, Verneman mentions like the list of people who were, who requested. Oh, that's uh, that, great. That he yeah. Represent Tenma. And, and, you know, he mentions some names and Tenma's like, oh yeah, that guy, I hope he's enjoying his life with his children, you know? And it's just this, you know, it's like, oh yeah, there's Tenma. That's what Tenma is. He's a doctor. Yeah. It's, that is a very good moment. Um, yeah, you know, I said it last time how much I liked the spirit bomb for Dr. Tenma, and this is like him getting to see it, I think is, is yes. very rewarding. <laughs> yes, um, for sure. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, chapter 108, The Witness. Ava celebrates her return to Dusseldorf by getting blackout drunk in a local pub and harassing the bartender and some of the dudes she used to hang out with. Fritz meets with Dr. Reichwein, who recaps his version of the Tenma-Johan saga. Fritz says that he's been doing interviews trying to find details and alibis to build Tenma's case, but it doesn't look good. Reichwein is convinced that to prove Tenma's innocence, they must prove Johan's existence. But Fritz says that the key is that people want a scapegoat, and the real focus is keeping an innocent person like Tenma out of jail. Fritz remarks that the person he's been looking for is Ava, and Reichwein frustratedly admits that he's brought her along, but she will probably be uncooperative. Later, Reichwein tries to convince Ava to testify on Tenma's behalf, but she refuses to, saying she's happy to see him rot in jail. 
She passes out from drinking too much and is struck with a nightmare about seeing Johan on the night of Junker's murder. Fritz reflects on the next steps for the Tenma case, but is called away by his wife going into labor, so he sends his partner on the case, Herr Bauer, to meet with Tenma. Surprise, surprise, Bauer is Roberto. He survived the fire, lost mobility of his right arm, has become ambidextrous, and is here to kill Ava. Bum bum. Our good friend is back. It's our trusted friend. Oh, man. You can always trust Roberto to come back. Yeah, and I think I asked you this last time, but you you clocked him as soon as you saw him last chapter, right? Immediately. So in the <laughs> in the previous chapter, we get a shot from behind, and it's that Roberto has a ponytail, right? It's not a ponytail. It's like a mullet, but he's balding on top. Yeah, he has a very yeah. specific hairstyle, and I did think it was suspicious that we weren't seeing the other side of this conversation. We weren't seeing that uh-huh. guy's face, because as we've said a million times, and now I, I've learned... Urasawa writes face manga. So when we don't see a face, I think it is it is something that is important. Yes. Especially um, if you have like a whole like page long conversation with somebody, you don't yes. see their face. Like that means something. It doesn't always mean the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's always important. So I became suspicious. And then when the Roberto reveal was dropped, I, I did pop for this. And man, <laughs> I think it's so good that he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not used to writing with this hand. And then it's like, Oh shoot! Like he ha- he hates Tenma and Ava so much that he has learned how to use the opposite side of his body, and he is still probably like the Terminator. He is an effective killing machine, and he's gonna do it. Uh, yep, it's so good. He's like, yeah, you know, I survived this horrible accident. I lost all of this weight. I have rebuilt my body, and I am here to ruin your life. Man, it's good. It's good in a lot of ways because also it means that Tenma didn't murder anyone. Yes, Tenma's Tenma's good to go. Um, you know, and it's also I mean, it's so thriller. You know, like you see him go over the balcony and like there's a couple of times uh, where Tenma's like, I probably killed him. <laughs> you know, and so as everyone knows in a thriller, probably means definitely not. Until you've seen the body, that person is not dead. Yep, and and here he is. And so it's just a really great you know, I think it's the kind of thing where readers are probably waiting for for Roberto to come back. They're like, is he? Is he? And here he is. And it's a good reveal. Mm-hmm. He points his pen at Tenma like a gun, you know, because he's got yeah. a pen taking notes. Like, it's, man, it's so good. Um, yeah. So the, the Roberto reveal is good. Um, do you have notes on the, because any kind of subsumes the chapter a little bit. Do you have notes on anything else that happens here? Uh, I do actually let me find it um i the one note i had and i don't even remember what page this is but i had a note that the terror page on 88 is very good i think that's ava waking up from her nightmare um oh that nightmare i mean there is oh there's there's stuff to talk about regarding the nightmare for sure big time actually i forgot that that was this chapter okay so there's a couple of things one, so there's a conversation that, uh, you know, that Reichwein and, and Verneman have, and uh, Verneman says, Listen to me, Dr. Reichwein. In this country, people just want to find a scapegoat. I want to fight for real justice. Judges and prosecutors are always looking for an easy way to convict the innocent of crimes they didn't commit, so this country continues to repeat past mistakes. You know, and so here's Urasawa just going in on the justice and carceral system. It is a really interesting way to frame the Holocaust is saying like framing people, convicting people for crimes that they didn't commit 
right? Where you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, Hitler's whole propaganda against the Jewish people is like, these are the people who have led to the downfall of, of Germany, right? Like, to, I mean, and obviously it's more complicated than that. But to yeah. have this character kind of simplify it to like, yeah, we were convicting innocent people of crimes that they didn't commit is an interesting way to like give more weight to this guy's like one thing, right? Yeah. I personally, that's tying in the, the Holocaust to this is an interesting pick. I don't think that's maybe like not in the great, text anywhere, but, but like, but I, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. Like, there's I mean, because there. like, obviously after that, you have the whole Cold War, like, you know, spies mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. secret police putting people away. I think you can kind of draw a really big circle that either includes that or doesn't. But yeah. um, it's it's interesting to frame it that way, at least. And yeah, and, and Verdeman says the important thing is for the whole country to reflect on true justice. Hmm. And that's an interesting concept. What does true justice mean? What does Urasawa think it means? What does Verdeman think it means? What does Monster think it means? You know, um, so I, I'm curious to see how this concept, you know, because you can really, like, even though it's a comic and everything's all caps, like, you can feel the capital letters oh, on yeah. true justice. You know what I mean? So These I, are the I want words to, for this section is truth and justice. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to see what it turns out to, you know, uh, and... Then we get to Ava, and Ava's such a fucking mess. Oh, Ava's the worst. I mean... Ava's a mess. I love her. I love every time she's on screen. It is just a baffling level of drunk that she is getting <laughs> all of the time. It's yep. it's really funny that she was, like, the popular socialite, and now she's just the town drunk, right? Yeah, she's just... You everybody know. hates her, everybody pities her. Uh-huh. You know... I mean, Reichwein is like, it's so funny that Reichwein, who is a guy who is like the alcoholism counselor, is stuck with this lady who does not want to stop being an alcoholic at all. Right. Yeah, he says, (laughs) he says to Verdeman, and I love this, this is one of my favorite panels in the series, actually. He says, she's a bit of a sticky wicket, that one. (laughs) And he's like pulling down on his mustache. It's a really, it's a really like oddly funny panel. It's a good panel. Um, in and an then, otherwise quite serious reading. Because Verdeman's re- reaction shot is just a question mark. It's, it's really like, good, too. Like, what do you mean? You know, but we know what he means. It's yeah. Ava, baby. Oh, I mean, like, later, further down on that page, the shot of Ava, she just has her glass of whiskey up to her face, like, covering her eyes. It's so good. Like, all of the panels of her just being drunk off her ass yeah. are are good they're frustrating she's going she's going so hard in oh this, yeah in this sequence she's she finishes her glass she goes right for the bottle she falls the fuck asleep uh and then of course that's when that cool ass nightmare uh happens um oh no no the big the big nightmare is the next chapter okay that's what i that's what i thought or it's it's at some point. well it's, fucking, it's not a nightmare it's, it's like a recollection in the in the, yeah there's a yeah, good yeah, yeah. there's but a good i think a, the one you were thinking of but she yeah, she yeah. here she relives Junker's being shot mm-hmm. by johan right she yeah. all of her memories of that night and when she wake up she says gunshots three gunshots i didn't see him i didn't see him because she yeah. knows like that's the key is that she saw him mm-hmm. right yeah, and the chapter, to be clear, the chapter, like, ends with the Roberto reveal, and his cheeks are a little bit sunken. A little more gaunt, yeah. Like, like he is not his, his hail-hardy self. He, this is a man back from, back from the grave. Back from the sure. dead, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's fucking scary. 
All right. Um, the um, only other note I had, and I forgot to call this earlier, I did think it was funny that, um, you know, when they're reviewing the testimony, Fritz kind of tells Reichwein, hey, um, maybe leave out that bit about Tenma buying an illegal sniper rifle. Yeah. Just like, not, let's not. I don't not. know if that's going to help us that much, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter 109, Decision. Gunter talks to a mob connection that's also a legal counsel. And he says he's gonna get out. He's king of the prison break. Wahoo. Um, he pretends to get sick. He's so good at it. Uh, and he gets to be in the infirmary with Tenma. And Tenma says that he wants to escape uh, because Roberto is gonna kill Ava. Um, you know, we have a little conversation between the two of them, which basically is just Roberto going, I'm gonna kill her. And Tema going, no. And Robert goes, you know, oh, I'm, I'm gonna do it. You know, it's... I'm not touching you. I'm not it. touching you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, uh, and so then Gunter uses code to tell Tema when they're gonna escape. Meanwhile... Vertiman and Reichwein are talking to Ava, and and Vertiman's like, please, please testify. And Ava says, no. Like, she does the fucking, she does the fucking, like, Bugs Bunny, you know, like, like, long lips. Like, no. Uh. And then, Tenma confesses to the murders of the hospital personnel all the way back when. Bum bum. Bum bum. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of chap notes on this chapter. It didn't really do I, anything for me. No, th this chapter, I have like no notes on it, but I'll say this. The word that I have for this chapter is serviceable. Okay. Like, like it, it technically moves each of these individual plot pieces into the places they need to be for the next thing. It's just like a, a mechanics chapter. It's like, yeah. we know where we're going and this chapter is just helping us get there. And I mean, I'm just... here's my question. How much of this chapter could have been cut? What, what parts of the chapter do you think are necessary? Goons are telling Tenma when they're going to escape. I think that's it. Mm. I mean, maybe even that we can skip. Yeah, like we already know that Ava doesn't want to testify like yeah. i don't think that's super important i think we could have used like half of the pages that we had for that conversation between tenma and roberto you know like we didn't need that many pages for roberto to go yeah i'm gonna kill I'm her i'm gonna kill her yeah, yeah it's I'm, I'm i mean maybe him confessing is the only piece that we need because like yeah. that's what kind of sets the next yeah. set of wheels into motion it's really like but we're talking about wheel spinning and i'm gonna bring, i think I'm we can bring... cram those two things roberto and tema confessing yeah. into the end of the last chapter and be well, fine what this, well, this strikes me though, this strikes me as another place where we can use a D and D metaphor you know, which is like, you know, we're on a journey from this town to this town. What are you going to do? Are you going to simulate camping every fucking night as you go from this town to that town? Or are you just going to cut to the next part mm -hmm, of the story mm -hmm. where story stuff is happening? You know, and this really this really feels like wheel spinning to get us to the place that we already know where we're going. Yeah. Um, Which just like isn't, you know, it's not the best use of, of pages or time. Um. You know, so I, I'm not, like, angry at this chapter, 
but it doesn't feel like a super vital one. I'll put, how about it this way? The status quo doesn't change. Yeah. Like, it only good. changes at the very end. Yeah. I mean, like, if I was reading this week to week, or, like, even bi-weekly, and this was the chapter I got, I would be frustrated. I'd be I like, yeah, is, okay. Is All right, I guess I gotta wait until next week for something cool to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's not really, that's not a feeling you want to have after waiting a week for a chapter. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. Especially, so. especially like, after, you know, the, the last, um... Last chapter was good. We ended on a high note, the Roberto reveal. Yeah, Roberto reveal. I mean, that's a hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then and then here it's just like, oh, well, this okay. feel like it's, you know, like like we a different stuff could have been done with this chapter to make it more interesting, more riveting, and to change the status quo more. Like melding this chapter with with the next chapter anywhere or, else. Like, yeah, like or the it, previous. Doing, yeah, yeah, you know. Um Yeah. Just a big so. fat fart. Um that seems, I, I think that's meaner than it than it okay needs. the only the only two positives in this are we get Tema with stubble with a little bit of stubble yeah. which is the best yes, version yeah, of Tema. Yeah, true, and Tema true. goes on hunger strike which reminds me of the best temple of the dog song which is hunger strike um and, and that's the only that's the only two positives of this chapter yeah yeah uh, you know what you know this is we were talking before about like other things to make this little prison break arc more interesting this would have been a great chapter for there to be, like, a, th- a physical threat to mm-hmm. Tenma within the prison. Like, spending, like, or you're talking to Roberto, and Roberto's like, I'm gonna kill your ex-fiance, and also, There's a guy in out. there who's gonna stab you. Yeah, you know, and then, and then, wow, hey, there's some, there's some stuff. We could have spent an extra chapter in the prison, even if there had been something like Tenma that. Tenma could have gotten in a prison along. fight. We could have exactly. seen him out in the yard. Man, that like, would have been I cool. Mean, that's the like yeah. here we are we're getting dragged into this other genre and we're half-assed we don't get the fun here. parts of it yeah we don't get the fun parts because uh, and of course we're not because we can't just jump all the way into this genre it can only be like a quick visit so we're not gonna get we're not gonna get everything we need to get out of it yeah um yeah so anyway, man. i think we've we've beat that horse enough um, yeah that's fair that's fair that's fair chapter 110 muddy sandwiches the chapter opens with ava reminiscing on a ruined picnic she went on with tenma thinking that he smiled so sadly. We then cut to the news that Tenma has confessed to the murders, shocking everyone. Reichwein goes to the police station, complaining of torture and foul play, but Fritz pulls him aside and says he's sure Tenma wasn't tortured, but doesn't know what caused the sudden change of heart, because no one will let him in to see Tenma. Fritz and Bauer, Roberto, discuss the situation, and Roberto asks about Ava. Fritz says she's kind of a flake, and that he should meet her alone. Fritz goes to Ava's room to plead for her to testify, but she won't open the door. He talks about his father and his obsessive need to prove the innocence of the people he believes in. As he leaves, he puts Bauer slash Roberto's business card under the door, and Ava grabs it. She goes on a walk through Dusseldorf, reminiscing on more memories of Tenma, including the picnic, which is revealed to have been ruined by her. A young boy offers her a sandwich, and she has a change of heart, and calls Bauer slash Roberto, revealing her location and agreeing to testify. Elsewhere, Milch and Tenma are loaded into the prison transport and share knowing looks, ready to escape. Yeah. This might be the best chapter in the reading. I really like the next one just because of the characters. Oh, but yeah, the I next think... one's, a, I think, the next one might be a little better, but this one I think is This one's good. good. Yeah, this one's good. Um, Yeah, this one, things pick up a little bit because now we're learning things about characters. Now now stuff is moving a little bit. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. And I just, I love hanging out with Ava. 
yeah i like seeing i like seeing ava and tenma's relationship before the start of the story um like how how he is bending over backwards to make her happy and her whole thing is that just no she's a miserable person right Yeah, she's a miserable person and you can really tell that like tenma is endearing himself to her because you can tell she's like why is this guy why won't you leave i keep trying to get you to leave yes yeah which is really great and like we talked before like ava three-dimensional character like here's the stuff that she cares about you know like i i love spending time with ava because the more we learn about her the you know the more rich she becomes yeah there's at this point she's one of the best developed characters in the whole series she is and it's really interesting that we've been able to develop her through just kind of the same beats over and over again right like she's she's mad at tenma she doesn't like connecting to people and she's a drunk right but like I don't know. There's something that I like. We don't. It's not like we've learned something shock. Like we don't have her growing up and her dad telling her that like, oh, you're never good enough or anything like that. It's yeah. just it's we're seeing these things that we've known from the start, but somehow seeing them over and over again from like slightly different angles has yeah. constructed something full. Well, I think I think the reason why this one is different is because this one is actually not about ava this one's about tenma yes right we're not we we don't learn anything new about ava but we learn a lot about what tenma was like before we met him at the at the start of the series you know he was you know uh he had that he had that smile and and you know the the sandwiches doing the picnic and everything like we see we see tenma as she fell in love with him you know, and that is really seeing that part of of their shared history tells us so much. Yeah, I, the one detail that I think is really really cool in her remembering the story of the picnic is that panel ends in kind of it looks like a um. Hang on, I got let me look at it so I make sure that I am describing it correctly. So the panel where he's holding the sandwich and he's smiling so sadly, it. The bottom, there's two smaller panels kind of at the bottom, almost like it's a picture that has been cut up, right? Which like, you know, traditional breakup imagery, right? You know, like you're cutting up all the old pictures and hmm. burning them and stuff like that. So I, or like, you know, it's because it, it's not quite glass shattering, right? But it's, it, to me, I, like I said, it really looks like it's a picture that has been cut up. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, you've got, we've got some diagonals there. Mm-hmm. Um, some very gentle ones and you can... Cutting up is a really good uh, word for it because to me it, it reads a lot like. Well, you see this. You see this particular visual thing used in in manga and Western comics, both to denote the passage of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Primarily is, is what this little motif does. Um, and we haven't seen this used this way before in Monster, but it has this. It creates this really cool image, uh, a feeling of of the the past fading, of it fading away. Uh, and you can also see that happening. Uh, there's like some hatching that fades Tenma out the further down he gets. And this is, you know, uh, and so it's, you know, and it, it's a guy good. smiling, sand, uh, smiling sadly, holding a muddy sandwich. I mean, that's a great, it's a really great image. So much pathos. Yeah, I mean, and uh, again, and this isn't like a, a straight one-to-one, but like, okay, so we have that big page of Tenma smiling sadly, and then you flip the page and you've got Tenma's mugshot confessing to, I'm responsible for these murders. That's, yeah. Right? That's Absolutely. pretty cool, too. I mean, like, yeah. I don't think that, that's not like a quite one-to-one like Jack in the Box or something like that, but it is, 
it's a it's a pretty good like illustration of how far we have come, right? And the other note that I have here is like flashback Ava is horrible, but in a very different way that current Ava is horrible, right? Um, it's and like you said, you know, we're seeing her fall in love with him. She just doesn't quite know how to express it. I also think that it's interesting, kind of the we haven't really commented on this before, but kind of the revisionism that Ava has brought to the story of her and Tenma breaking up, right? Like if we yeah. remember. What happens is Tenma operates on Johan instead of the mayor. The mayor dies. Tenma is disgraced. Ava breaks up with him, right? Eventually, later, things go bad. Ava's father dies. Tenma ascends, and she begs for him to take her back, but he will not, right? So, like, the 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 way that she has fully bought into this, he left me and has ruined my life, it, as, like, you know that's not what yeah. happened and that's, we know that's not what happened it really yeah you know and and seeing it's also like it kind of brings to mind like what what does she associate tenma with what like why is she so attached to him and i think the answer is like the moment like when she and tenma like broke up around there you know when her when her dad when her life fell died, apart yeah her life all fell apart so you know so she she's attached to tenma not just because she has feelings for him, because she does, but because he is the closest thing to a support that she has. He was the only person who actually gave a shit about her, you know, and so she has these rose-colored goggles and just wants him for herself. Damn, we gotta talk about the bear after after we finish recording. We gotta do mutating balance after. after Ooh, about the bear? Ooh, that's fun. We gotta talk about the bear. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, so... It's, um, uh, I don't know. She's, she's a really fun character and a really interesting one in the world of monster because she is a purely selfish one, Mm -hmm. purely selfish. And there aren't honestly a lot of those. Like, I think Johan is the only other one that I can, that I can really, really think of almost everyone else is doing something, is making choices on behalf of someone else, or they care about someone else's goals, at least, you know. And, like, how cool is it that Tenma, whose life has been thrown into disarray by the selfless act that he did, right? The person, the only person who can save him, right, is the most selfish woman in the universe doing one selfless thing, right? Like, putting her life on the line. About to break out of prison to keep her from dying. Her fucking life. Uh Even though he knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that she does, that she just wants him to suffer. And he says it to Roberto, right? Like, he says, she won't testify against me. She hates me. And Roberto says, like, I'd be doing you a favor then, killing her, right? Yeah, but but here Tem is, you know... Like, doing about it to make himself even more of a criminal than he already is, Ma- becoming an actual criminal for the mm-hmm. first time, just to save this fucking ingrate, you know, this selfish, this selfish boozer. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's good. It's so cool. In fact, yeah. it, you know what it is? This honestly strikes me as rockin' behavior. Oh. Like, I think Tenma might be rockin' again. Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. There's, I think there's, there's probably better. I think there's a better candidate for rocking. Oh, here. there's, there's one uh, particular guy who's rocking, yeah, but <laughs> there's definitely a rocker. Uh, but, but we gotta, you know, we are solemnly sworn to recognize a rock when we see it. Oh, and and, Tenma's rocking this week. Uh, yes, Tenma, stone cold, uh, diamond hard 
He's rocking. Prison Breaks um, are a keystone of the dude's rock genre, as illustrated by cable true, movies, like which we talked about. True, we, we, we will be watching the Fugitive. We're not going to yep. watch the Shawshank Redemption because I don't like that movie. But <laughs> we can watch the Shawshank Redemption. Come on. I've never seen it. It's a good excuse. Um, yeah, you're probably right. We should watch The Great Escape, though. Okay, that one's great. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, we should definitely watch The Great yeah. Escape. You know what we should do? We should watch it the way Urasawa would have watched it. In Japanese? Are you sure? No, not in Japanese. We should watch it by stopping halfway through and waiting a week. Okay, that's better. <laughs> I was about um, to say, that does not sound fun to me. <laughs> no, we don't need to watch the fucking Japanese stuff. That'd be fun. Um, what uh, do you think about this whole monologue Verdamin has outside of Ava's room? It's a bit much, you know. It's uh, a bit much. It's eh? melodramatic. I don't. I don't care yeah. for it. But like, and I get that. Like, we're trying to. Urasawa is communicating. Like, there's a darkness in this man. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with him. He's a little twisted. Yeah. <laughs> Vertim- Vertimans, uh <laughs> Tumblr. Welcome to my <laughs> fucked up mind. Um, it's he's got like the embedded music player playing the sad over the lawyer. rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> He's like posting, he's like posting rants about his clients. Yeah, um, man. The idea of Tumblr, Tumblr girly Verdamin is absolutely well. I mean, we got you, you know the TikTok, right you know now. the TikTok lawyer, right? Do you know that what? guy, Lolo? No. no, oh, he is. I about know the as legal close. eagle on YouTube. No, no, no. This is Alex Peters. He's a public defender. He, the joke on TikTok for a long time was people just referred to him as our lawyer. All these TikTok people, and they'd be like, "Hey, um, just wanted to let you know about this crime that I've committed." And he kept making TikToks like, "Stop telling me about crimes that you've committed. I am not your lawyer." And everyone was like, <laughs> "No, you are. You're our lawyer. You're the TikTok guy." <laughs> But he's 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 a real good dude. He has done a lot of he's appeared on different streams and stuff like raising money for bail funds and and stuff like that. Um, It's Alex Peters. I think his ad is lol overruled all one word, which then gets shortened to Lolo. So anyway, so so what we're seeing here is that so we've got we've got the TikTok lawyer and we've got the legal eagle on YouTube and Verdamin is the Tumblr. He's somewhere in between. He's the Tumblr Tumblr lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he has like a like a dark academia blog okay. where he also gives legal advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jesus, he's too uh, much. I don't I don't care for him. But he's it's, a lot. This yeah, I mean he's getting like, the job done. Tenma has to be innocent, just like my father. My father, just like my father had to be innocent. Um, it's a lot, and you know, it's this. It's another thing. It's doing the Gunja thing. It's doing the thing that Monster does, where it's like, ah, your childhood trauma. That's what's gonna get you. That's always what gets you, which is true. Which also, you know, that's interesting because you know who we haven't seen any childhood trauma for is Ava. Ava. Um, you would just kind of think maybe that that we would see some of that by this point, but no. Uh, so that's this is unusual. this is a different TikTok meme. It's the <laughs> you know all of you. This is fatherless behavior, and the guy goes, "I fucking love my dad." <laughs> Hell yeah. Um Yeah. So anyway, it's a bit much and it's like I want it just feels like we're only getting surface. We're only getting symptom. We're not getting it we're not really seeing the cause, and it's clear that the cause is happening like in the next chapter after this reading. Like it's going to happen that I the ch- chapter one fourteen is son of the spy. You know, or whatever. So it's like it's coming. We're so close. I, We're it's almost just there. Like, it's it's kind of like I don't, I don't. It's it's not a fun cliffhanger. You know, yeah. it's not a fun tease. We're not like, oh, I really want to know what's going on. It's kind of like it's more I like stop trying to make on. me care about this guy. Just tell me what yes. his deal is. Yeah. Yes. Like I would care about him more if we knew more about him. Like you've given us just barely not enough. 
Like, either give us less than this or give us more than this. Like, this is not a comfortable space to be in. It's just, it's just kind of uncomfortable. Um, yeah, my uh, last note was in Monster, one of the, uh, one of the other yeah. universal truths now is sandwiches are the ultimate tool of emotional breakthroughs. It does seem like sandwiches are, like, they're a very important food. Yeah, sandwiches uh, are good. There's a fun little bit where, <laughs> where Ava's like, Dusseldorf, I know every part of this town. God, I hate it here. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's, yeah, it's really. It's in a in a Ava. reading in a reading full of like characterization that doesn't quite hit the mark. Ava's that firing does. all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Great Ava reading. Super good Ava reading. Mm -hmm. Um, want to move on? One eleven. Um, I think so. Okay. Oh yeah, this is this is me. Hi. Uh chapter 111. Helene and Gustave. A man is lying in the middle of the road. A car is approaching and swerves around him. He gets back up and says, "Huh, my timing's off. They can still swerve around me. I got to fall at the right time for them to just stop." From off the road and from a car, someone calls out, Hey, are you really going to marry me today? And he says, hell yeah. And so we meet Helen and Gustave, a couple of ne'er-do-wells, Team Rocket-ass, cocaine-taken-ass, breeding-kink-ass. Um, oh no, I wasn't going to say that. Well, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said it, but I think she's just and horny I'm, and high. I'm not editing it. He says... He says he's going to knock her up with a whole litter of kids. You'll have enough for an entire soccer team. That's breeding kink. Um, should we just cut that? We might, <laughs> maybe. You know, maybe. we'll see. We'll see how we'll it strikes see. us. We'll see how it feels. Um, uh, she really wants some fucking babies, though. Uh, but anyway, these two are really cute and kind of dysfunctional. Um, and... Uh, we get to Gunter and Tenma in a car being transported to hospital? Another prison? I think it's a hospital. I think it's I another think it's, prison. I Maybe it's a hospital. It's, I don't know. It's God They're being damn. transported. It's somewhere. They're in a van. It's not like they get there, so who cares? Who cares? Um, and uh, Helena and Gustav, they talk a bit, and they're like, we're gonna go straight. No good comes from waving a gun around. And he walks out into the road. Oh, got the timing wrong. Gets fucking hit. Gets fucking slam-bammed by the van. Just obliterated. Absolutely gobsmacked, brother. And uh, and when the guard says, I hit someone, Gunter's like, fuck. You hit him? Well, the plan's a no-go. You're not supposed to hit him. And as Tenma is checking out whether Gustav is dead, he is, by the way, uh, he grabs Gustav's gun. No, he's not dead. He's not dead? He's no. almost dead. Oh, he's, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's, he's not he's, dead. He's, but he's, he's, not, he's, in a, he's in a bad way. He's yeah. poorly. He's messed um, up. Yeah. Uh, and, but he has a gun. And so then Tenma grabs the gun. And now Tenma's got a gun. And that's the end of the chapter is he's got a gun. Dude, this chapter rips shit. I love these guys. Yeah. They suck so much. Yeah. It's really, I mean, like, they, they are, are so as, slimy. 
They're so slimy. They are as tropey as it gets. Some of the tropiest tropers we've seen in this mm-hmm. whole series, and I love them. They're I love so them. good. They are like they are the co- character equivalent of shitty, greasy mac and cheese that you put bacon into, oh. and I am here for it. Well, they're the they're the the uh, fast food restaurant or the the diner robbers at the beginning of pulp the beginning and end of Pulp Fiction. It's Tim Roth and his sure. girlfriend. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, Team Rocket, like you said, Bonnie and Clyde, they're yeah. that team, they're that that combo, and they're and so just like nonchalantly cool, and how terrible they are, right? Like her just kind of leaning out the window, saying like, "Are you gonna marry me?" Like it's fantastic. It's a it's a Tarantino movie. It's a Wes Anderson. It's whatever. The colors so are so bright Tarantino. and saturated. It's so Tarantino. These oh two. man, just him, yeah. him talking about the literally the stupidest and most simple plan in the world fall down and pretend to get hit by a car as if he's planning a master heist (laughs) is just like so good to me repeating it over and over again like you can tell instantly that these guys are so dumb they're so stupid they're really stupid And even Gunter says that later. He's like, I tried to teach him, but he was too dumb for it. Like, he never, he couldn't get the hang of it. He was too dumb to fall down in the street. It's (laughs) so good. Yeah, Um, you know. Um, And, but it also, like, this is, this is a moment where I really like Gunter because he's not expecting this. And he's like, he's sad. Like, you can tell, like, he knows he's doomed. He knows, like, that's the fucking... Like, and, you know, and then he sees Helene, like, screaming for Gunter, and he's like, oh, fuck, Helene, you know, he's really sad about it, and, yeah. uh, you know, he's just in shock, and so seeing this incredibly one-note character have even one other note, you know, is like, oh, wow, another note, okay. that's crazy, yeah. Uh-huh. wow, wow, we have an interval here, nice, you know, like, come on, man. It's good. I um, also, I love how the guards are, like, immediately, the, the the fucking cops are immediately like, okay, we gotta figure out how we can spin this so that it's not our fault. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Dude, this, this series, it doesn't say ACAP, but it does it say SCAP. It pretty much says ACAP. Which okay, is, SCAP. which is. What is that? Some s- cops are bad? Some cops are bad. <laughs> <laughs> which I just came up with now. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, it's, you know, it's always funny seeing a guy just unexpectedly get hit by a car. It's a, it's yeah. a move it's that TV shows pull a lot, but. And especially, you know, we'll go straight. There's nothing good about waving a gun at people. I love you so much. Bam. In retrospect, of course, this is what was going to happen Obviously. as soon as he started saying this. But like, Obviously. man, it's timed so perfectly. You know that Urasawa was cackling as he drew that yeah. motherfucker getting hit oh, by a van. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just... Fucking truck coon at um, it again. Um, so it's really good. The one thing I will say is like, this is a bit from The Fugitive. This is how they escape in that movie is... What? Yes. It's it's someone they pretends... They do this to, bit? Yeah. Someone pretends to be sick on a prison bus and then oh. the bus has an accident. The bus crashes and then everyone escapes. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, it's a good, like, it's a good ending thing. Yeah. Like, the ending panel is good. Tenma's got a gun. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. looks Always like good. he's about to use he's it. He's ready to use like, it. we are seeing Tenma kind of, <laughs> kind of feral right now, It's honestly. real good. We're in, like, I mean, and this is also very, ter- it's like, you can imagine the way that this would be shot in a movie, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, mu- we've got all sorts of sound and stuff, and then we go silent, and we cut to the wide shot of, you know, Tenma pointing the gun at everyone, right? And we can just hear, like... There's nothing but the sound of like maybe a motor in the distance or like birds or something, and we yeah, just hold the, on. This at the as start we go. of the next, at the start of the next chapter, we have. That's what it is. So that's what birds. I'm pulling from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Totally. Um, but and it's, speaking it's of next chapter, good. yeah. It, let's this definitely like pacing wise, concept wise, this is our strongest chapter yes. in the reading. Like I like last chapter a lot because I like spending time with Ava. I'm yeah. just a sucker for Ava. But this chapter structurally is the strongest because it has it is look at it this way. This chapter is what all of the bunk of the previous chapters has been leading up to all of the all of the prison break shit that wasn't quite working for us all of the build up of Gunter and everything it was so that we could have this chapter and this sequence with these characters so yeah. of course it's good i love it when a plan goes wrong and i love it when we have kooky characters as a plan goes wrong yeah there's absolutely. not a lot to talk about it just it does everything good it's yes, it's just good everything good this this was this is such a snacky bite-sized chapter mm -hmm. you know i would recommend people to read this chapter by itself i think you, you know. probably could it would it would work i think it's a short story you know i think you could yeah it kind of you know it also has a bit of a twilight zone feel to it like yeah, if a little you, bit like ignore i mean the other you know dramatic irony yeah, and all that it. stuff the maybe, way yeah maybe it's less twilight maybe a stretch, zone and more but, just you know. like just pulp just pulp in general it has yeah. a bit of a pulpy feel yeah you yeah, know yeah. um yeah okay chapter 112 Matt. escape uh, we open exactly where we left off. Tenma's holding everyone at gunpoint and demands the key to the handcuffs. Meanwhile, Ava goes to the hotel lobby and drinks while waiting for Bauer slash Roberto to arrive. She sees the news that Tenma has escaped and is thrown off balance, trying to piece the whole situation together. She starts to realize what's going on and then is plunged into a panic attack by a familiar voice. Roberto. She rushes back to her hotel room and is overwhelmed by his scent and her memories of their time together. We cut back to the prison break. Milch, Tenma, Helen, and Gustav speed down the road as Tenma tries to provide first aid. Milch insists that they'll have to switch cars and dump Helen and Gustav, but Tenma holds Milch at gunpoint and makes him drive towards Eisler Memorial Hospital. We cut back to Ava. Someone is knocking at the door. Tenma leaves Helen with the car and a note explaining exactly how Gustav was injured so the doctors can quickly provide life-saving care. Tenma and Milch prepare to part ways so Tenma can go to save Ava, and Milch comments that he knew Tenma was never really a killer. Tenma reflects on this and realizes that since Roberto's not dead, he is in fact not a killer. Just a jailbreaker, as Milch comments. The two smile, and as they leave, Milch says they can meet up in Tunisia someday. Back at the hotel, Ava opens the door. This sounds pretty good. Definitely, like, going through this stuff again, the second half of this reading... It's good. Like, we're moving so much now. much better than yeah. the first. From like, Ava onwards. Mm. Like, that Ava chapter, the sandwich and, chapter to and the end. And obviously, like, crazy how this happens as soon as Tenma's out of prison. Mm -hmm. as, soon as, like, as soon as we are back in what Monster is about. Almost as if that was an unnecessary detour. Like, Wild, like you pointed out. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this chapter, there's some interesting stuff going on in this chapter. Uh, first off... Here's a question: the the little like waiter dude that's bringing that's bringing Tenma that's bringing uh, Ava something to drink. Does he kind of look like the bartender from The Shining to you? Uh, let me get to it. I'm almost there. Page one sixty nine. One sixty nine. Yeah, a little bit. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good poll. You know what I'm saying? A little uh, bit. Yeah, know. he I looks mean, like what's that know. guy's name? Wayne. It's not Wayne. That's a I real know. good scene. I watch that one every once in a while it's of a just him pulling out the dollar bill. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good scene. It's a good movie. Um, oh, he asks her if she wants a drink and she says she wants coffee. Mm, interesting. I, I didn't note that, but that is important, yeah. I think. I guess that's because she's planning on testifying to keep Tenma in jail. <laughs> Although, yeah. 
She's like, why did he escape? I think she's trying to convince herself that that's why she's going to testify, but it almost feels like she's already conceded that she's going to testify to get him out. Totally. Yeah, and then she hears the she hears the voice. Well, yeah, the panic attack is good. Well, I think the camera kind of starts to spin as she sees the news report and yeah. kind of starts to realize what's happening. And then, yeah, as the panic attack kicks in and we get, you know, eventually I think we get to scramble panels. We do. Yeah, yeah. As she runs back to her room, we get to, I like calling them scramble panels. Yeah, we get to diagonals, um, pretty, pretty harsh ones. And especially as she starts remembering um, uh, the time that her and Roberto uh, boned. Fight. I hate it. I yeah. hate looking at it. I hate it. it. It really like, and reading this, I feel pretty, I feel uh, pretty dunsly for when I said during during that sequence that maybe it, maybe it was like kind of consensual because buddy that's not how this makes it look this makes it look like sexual assault real bad looks absolutely horrible makes me sick to my stomach dude i mean we get these yeah. like awful shots of roberto like his eyes are fucking open he's fucking like like his tongue is out oh my god it's ugh. and and it's like the to me the best part of that sequence is yeah we have sequences of them having we have images of them having sex and then we cut to as you turn the pages bam the the panel of roberto shooting her in the leg and her like splaying out you know falling down the hill yeah like you know? that's associated with this like oh, like it's, it's good all, yeah you know? i mean it's horrible and horrifying Absolutely but like horrible. it's like, good like honestly like if you have if you have experienced trauma of this sort you probably don't want to read these couple pages yeah if i had to guess um it is kind of intense uh yeah woof 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 woof, woof. yeah um, uh, and it's it's you know, I love Tenma's. I'm gonna point a gun at you, so you take you take somebody to the hospital. Always a good or, move. Or you know, like he does a lot of pointing guns at people uh, for someone who doesn't do a lot of shooting. Yeah, I and you know, you said why are you back in Dusseldorf? To me, here this move, like seeing that shot of the hospital again, I was like, oh wow, yeah, going, no, like going back to Eisler. That's I cool. forgot that they went back to Eisler and put yeah. themselves at risk that way. That is why they're back in Dusseldorf. I sure. like that that he yes, that they we see the hospital again. Um, yeah. I'll take the I'll take the L on this one. Going back to Dusseldorf was the right move. I just didn't yeah. like going to prison. You're right. Yeah. Um. So it's. It's good. Um, yeah, Tenma says he's still alive. As long as he's alive, there's still hope. Yep, he's taken Milch's lesson. You know, now he yep. knows about hope. It seems a little bit easy, though, really. That he's I, like, oh, this one, guy, yeah. this one guy's like, hey, I have hope. You don't. And Tenma's like, ah, shit, I guess I need now to have, I have hope. hope. I simply will know. have hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. No one mentioned this to me before. This is a new yeah. concept. Ah, hope. Oh, interesting. Um... Um, I, I like yeah. the way they leave. This is this is the Shawshank Redemption, right? Is like, which I, you know, I know you said you haven't seen that movie, but like one of the things in that that's a prison story. One of the yep. things that um, the main character and the narrator, well, so because that's there's a narrator who is telling the story of a guy who escapes from prison, and one mm-hmm. of the things that they say to each other is like, oh, when we get out, we're gonna go meet up on this beach, you know, in on an island in the in the Bahamas somewhere, right? And it's like that that is this here, right? Is like you know we'll meet up in Tunisia someday. Yeah, they're never going to meet up in Tunisia. They're not, yeah. But, but I love that last line. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. You know, it's really... That's, it's a good farewell for a character that, you know, 
maybe didn't deserve that good of an ending no line. but i hope but he makes just, it there he yes. won't but i hope yeah, he does totally. all right chapter 113 room 402 tanma goes to o'shea's pub and asks about ava uh he figures out which hotel he's at he steals someone coat someone's coat and bounces uh, before somebody can call the cops on him. And uh, the front desk person just gives him her room number because this is the fucking... This is Monster, and for some reason, people just give out addresses like they are candy on Halloween. Uh, so he finds out her room number. Uh, in the meantime, Vertiman can't get hold of Bauer for pretty obvious reasons, and him and Reichwein have a conversation about... Uh, having faith in people. Lunga shows up at Verdamin's office. Tenma finds Ava's room. She's already moved out. Oh, fuck. Uh, Lunga and Verdamin talk a little bit, but not about what you might think. They talk about the fact that Verdamin's father's radio station has had readings of Klaus Papa's and Franz Bonaparte's books in the past, including, um, Where Am I? Uh, which is, I guess, another one of those things. Um, another one of those books. Uh, so basically, somehow, Vertiman's father is connected to Klaus Papa and the Red Rose Mansion. Uh, and, of course... Franz Bonaparte held a very important post in the Czech secret police. All of this, like, very exposition-y stuff, you know, which I don't know if I summarized very well, to say, you know, it's implying that, hey, Verdamin's dad was, in fact, a spy. Bum, 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 bum. And Verdamin's not bum. very pleased about this. Um, this chapter's all right. Yeah, it's an interesting mishmash. Um, definitely, definitely. It's a bit unfocused, I would say. Yeah, I... The stuff at the end, like you said, it's finally like, okay, I kind of get where this guy is going now. And it's just like, it felt like it took us a little bit too long. It was, it took us too long to figure out what was going on with Fritz. And simultaneously, Fritz was too much the entire time it took us to get there. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm interested. I, uh, yeah, I'm hell yeah, Lunga for showing up and like continuing to be single-mindedly focused on the task at hand which is mm -hmm. what is going on in this mansion which is yeah. the most interesting mystery box that we have right now so like i'm glad that lunga is here to continue like rubik's cubing that out for me um, definitely so yeah it's fun it's... that lunga's like carrying that along yes. while, while tan was doing other stuff how um, cool is that right that like yeah. a guy who was on the wrong track for the whole first half of the story now is the only one who cares about the like actual solution to this it's good. Um, uh, so, O'Shea's Pub. It's Quinn's Bar Corner. Tell it's us Quinn's about Bar it. Corner. So, there does not appear to be an O'Shea's Pub in Dusseldorf, although there is an O'Reilly's Pub in Dusseldorf. That said, about an hour west of Dusseldorf, in the Netherlands, there is a city called Eindhoven, and there is an O'Shea's there. Look at that. <laughs> is what I have discovered. <laughs> Also, the hotel, uh, the name of the hotel given here is the Hotel Steigent, which does not exist in Dusseldorf, although there does appeer to be a Hotel Steigenberger. Uh, 
So make of, make of that what you will. I don't have anything else interesting to say about it. But whenever they like give a proper name for something, I'm like, well, is this real? And most of the time it's not. Um, but I do think it's uh, it's always fun to do. Uh, also, there is a weird point of order regarding... So according to the records, in August 1996, it featured... It, it, basically, there's like, they put the wrong year in here. Because do you think it's the wrong year station, or do you think this dude was just abs- kicking around for a while? Is no, it he like- wasn't kicking around. He, was, he went to jail in 68. So there's no way his radio station could have... Could have broadcast this in 96. Oh, yeah. So it must have happened, like, or I think he went to jail in 68. It was somewhere around there. So, like, according to the record, so it has to be, like, the year must have been wrong. It must have been 66 or or 76 or 86, somewhere in there. Uh, You know, but just, like, in case any readers were like, well, why did they use that year? It has to be a mistake because that timeline just doesn't work out. Uh, But... Yeah, and look, the records say that he flew there July 1996. That's not right. Czechoslovakia didn't even exist in 1996. Wait, hang on. Where is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so it has to... I mean, Czechoslovakia... I mean, when did Czechoslovakia break up? What, 80-something, right? No, 91, wasn't it? I don't it? know. Yeah. Um, anyway, it had so to have been either 76 or 86. Just It's just a goof, Um, but but it's our job to... to Take him down. Put the screws um, to this yeah. author. <laughs> Not the screws you know. Yeah, Urasawa, he thinks he can get away with anything. 113 chapters us. without mistakes. Mm, not yeah. on our watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, there you R- go. Listeners, and... of course, we are being sarcastic and facetious and whatever the things are, just in case this gets clipped. <laughs> this gets no, no, we've been clipped. Not no. clipped. Fuck. No. no. It's God. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I think like even if the specifics aren't there, like you said, it's a little complicated. This whole like yeah, it's a lot convoluted. of exposition. It's just yeah. like it's it's a lot of this like oh and and like the records show like oh he visited here and he was connected to this guy and he visited this dude and he was getting paid by this dude. You know, I don't think and, we needed to get so specific. I think we could have yeah, stayed general. It was it was a lot. It was yeah. definitely a lot. Um, it, it kind of feels a bit like. Uh, I don't know. It, it could have been edited. It just could have been edited. That's all. But I just, I got to see where we're going now. Like I am absolutely I'm excited I'm to keep reading so, after we wrap. I cannot wait to read the next reading. Yeah. I cannot wait at all. Um, very it's gonna be excited. Sick. Very excited. Um, but yeah. That brings uh, us to the end of fin- today's reading. Well, so. segments, segments. Yeah. Segments. Favorite Tenma moment. I think it's Tenma pointing the gun at everyone, like when he gets the gun during cool. the accident. I think for me, this is, I, I think that, that's a cool moment. That is a cool yeah. Moment. For me, it is when he, when he hears about his patients. Oh, the, yeah, uh, his that's a patients. very good one. Yeah. Uh, and I also like the muddy sandwiches, you know. Mm-hmm. like It's very nice. That's solid. Yeah. Favorite side character moment? Uh, it's Roberto saying that he has learned to use his other mm. arm so he can murder Ava. <laughs> yeah. It's just cool. It's just hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but actually maybe my favorite is, um, as Ava's in the park remembering the sandwich thing, a, a kid runs up to her and offers her a sandwich and she takes it. It's very uh, nice. And I think, yeah. I think that's really, that's really sweet. 
And then favorite favorite minor character moment. And if it's not Helen and Gustav for both of us, it's one hundred percent Helen and Gustav for like, me. It's it's Helen leaning on the window, you know, kind mm-hmm. of arm out the window, yeah. head on her arm, saying, "Are you really gonna marry me today?" Like it's just it's so good. Yeah, it's really like uh, yeah, just just all of them. Their whole chapter. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so cute and ill fated, and they're so gross. I love them. Oh yeah. <laughs> So gross, so horny. Um, yeah, very cool stuff. Who's who's who do we think is rocking? Well, you said you thought Tema was rocking again this week. Tema um, is rocking, but but that's a cop out. That's a cop out. There are other rockers. Um, I think personally, uh, spies that go to jail. Spies that go to jail. Okay. Or 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 because you got that involves orphanages. Which children? Locker children. Locker children are rocking. Locker children might be rocking. The lockers are rocking. Don't be knocking. <laughs> I guess. It, well, no, that's not it. Um, it's it's mostly just that a uh, prison escapees. Are yeah, rocking? yeah. Pr- well, it, like escape artists. How about escape that? Escape artists are rocking. There we go. Okay. Yes, because he's tragic. He has all the air of tragedy around him. Yes. He didn't lose air his children. Tragedy. He lost his parents. Prison lost escapees parents, are rocking. And then he lost, you know, his his whole fucking life because now he's just like trapped in this loop. Yeah. Um, okay. There yeah, we go. There Prison escapees. Yeah. They are rocking this week. Yep. Absolutely. Um. Okay. And uh. Blah blah blah. And with that, um. Well, here's the thing that you got to know about us. So we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rosawa Boys. Slash Rosawa Boys. We have a twitter i guess but man that is looking less viable by the second this is where i'm excited to announce second. this is where i'm excited oh. to announce i got a blue sky invite oh fuck nice Great. so i've been cool. doing promo over there blue sky is a weird platform i don't really think it's i don't know it's I don't not think twitter it, it, it doesn't seem like anything's gonna happen on it but you should make an account just to follow us yeah do we need to sign um, up for threads i don't want to no we're not gonna sign up for threads. Okay, thank god kidding me i have my pride yeah. um what we should really have is just a goddamn TikTok, it seems like. Yeah, honestly, but I it's think like, you're I don't right. know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. The thing is, I, I need someone to go through, someone who's not me, to go through the episodes and make clips. But it's going to have to be either me or you is the out. thing. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I mean, I can make... If you clip I it, I can make clips. the video. Yeah, if well, you just pick I, yeah. audio that you want, we can clip yeah, well, it and make video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can do it. We can figure it out. Okay. But yeah, so we, have, so we have a Patreon. And so the idea of the Patreon is that you'll give us a little bit of money. Just and then smidge. we are we are gonna do stuff, and you get access to that stuff. So we're gonna watch these fun movies, very fun, and movies. talk about these movies. Uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, we're just gonna have like a, a little chill out thing with Matt maintaining balance. Yeah, Matt as soon as we finish recording this, wants. I'm gonna talk about the bear for like ten minutes, and then we're gonna stop recording. Yeah, um, so it's so gonna be quick because go. we're getting to dinner time. Yes, we're past dinner time. Um, so maintaining balance. Very excited for that. Uh, and if you guys have any ideas for other stuff that you'd be interested in having us do that you think would be worth money, honestly, hit us up for it because yeah. we would love to be worth your money and we would love to give you, you know, we'd love to have that exchange. We like to and provide I mean, value. Yeah. Uh, we, no. we like to think of ourselves as a high as value creators. podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like thinking myself that I hate way. That. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, hey, you know, I have pointed out things that I think are influences. Quinn has pulled things that, yeah. you know, he thinks if are you, influences. Yeah, if you, guys, if you guys have like suggestions for stuff that we should watch up. or should consider, yeah, we'll watch it. Absolutely. You know, like, we aren't going to do more than we can. And ultimately we're doing this because we want to so we're not going to do stuff we don't want to do right but if we have a good list to pull from then it gives us encouragement to like like, seek stuff out i'm super i'm super excited for 
And thank you all for, you know, like sticking with us. Yeah. And uh and continuing listening and super excited to finish up Monster. Excited to get to We're getting Pluto. close. Oh, we are getting we're getting darn close. Uh and with that Matt, if you wouldn't mind who are you? Yeah, so I'm Matt Fennell. Like I said, I got a blue sky invite, so I'm over there now. Um I'm I'm Matt Fennell. I'm at Matt app i think is how it works i don't know on the main one i'm just mapping out there's no way this shit's taken off it's no not no no, no. Off. Two i'm dots, also it's fucked it's two dots it's fucked i'm also on co-host i might start hanging out there a little bit more that seems a Kinda bit seems like, like a better it seems website like it's it seems like it's uh heating up a tiny tiny it's, bit it's got the tumblr juice a little bit um mm. in in a way that's interesting mm. but um yeah blarple.net is still probably the best place to like that's like actually the website that i own the domain and host that website so like that's me uh blarple.net um so that's that's matt Fennell. i run the the twitter which is at urasawa boys like we said probably less and less relevant um yep. yeah <laughs> by, quinn, by the second quinn where can the people find you so you can find my work, my TTRPG work at 200 proof. That's 200 proof at 200proof.itch.io. Um, I just recently released any percent, um, and I'm holding up the, the print proof that I got Look for it, despite the fact that you can't see it. But man, it's beautiful. It's, it's great. It's a very the print nice came looking out book. Really good. Um, uh, I just released Any Percent, which is my uh, tarot-based game of video game speedrunning. You use tarot cards to generate a video game level, and then you use other tarot cards to speedrun it, play it alone, play it with friends. It's honestly a really good time. It's very fun. Um, yeah, and I've got some other games up there, too, and I'm on vacation right now, so I haven't been doing, like, anything worthwhile except watching movies. But I, I presume I'll return to making games sooner rather than later. Uh, and that's, I mean, uh, that's that's basically it. I also have I a TikTok... Uh, at authenticity.trip um, where I will be posting superviews as soon as I get over the trauma of TikTok eating the superview that I edited and tried to post. Just fucking ate it whole. So I'm pretty pissed about that, but I, I'll get over it. Um, and yeah, I, I really do. I really do think that that's probably it. Uh, and I think kind of at this point, the thing that like really comes to my mind, the thing that that, like, Monster really makes me think about, and, like, talking about Urasawa, thinking about Urasawa, it's really cool stuff, and it just makes me feel like, you know, like, I just want to thank you guys for listening, and, like, I really would like to thank you for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs>